My name is Dan, uh, and this is my wife Amy, and we are on staff here at New Life. Uh, we do run uh, our Desperation Leadership Academy, um, as well as our Desperation Conference, so we'll tell you a little bit more about that. But uh, we'll just jump in right away, is that okay? So let's pray. Jesus, we welcome you into this time. God, I thank you for what you are doing across the nation. I thank you what you are doing across the globe, stirring up young people that love you, that want to give their lives to you. So God, I pray that even in this time that we have together, Lord, may you speak. Would you work here in this mm -hmm. place? Would you knit us together? Mm -hmm. In Jesus' name, amen. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen. Well, uh, I don't know if you know, but you've, uh, you've found your way into uh, our little seminar here on internships at any size. So um, how many of you guys, just real quick, how many of you have an internship at your church? some form of internship at your church. How many of you are hoping to maybe one day start one? Awesome. Very cool. Great. Good. Um, well, we I, I've been on staff at New Life uh, since 2001. Uh, so I've been here for a little bit, for just a minute. Um, we started, uh, in 2002, we started our uh, part-time program um, that was that was mostly a discipleship program. And then in 2004, uh, I was part of the team that helped start our full-time uh, internship here that has now become DLA. Uh, at the time, it was called the Desperation Internship. Uh, Desperation, got, let me just give you a quick grid. Uh, Desperation is um, a ministry here at New Life. We have a conference every summer uh, that our, our heart, our goal, we, we um, See, when I was 18, 19, we were a small group of us just even praying, uh, believing for God to move in our generation and said, hey, let's make some phone calls, call some youth pastors, gather them, you know, see what happens. And uh, so we gathered in the World Prayer Center 2002. Uh, we called it Desperation, just saying we want to be a generation in desperate pursuit of God. Um, we had been praying that the year leading up to it uh, and had prayer meetings almost, not quite every day, but had different prayer meetings uh, throughout the week. And uh, our worship leaders for those prayer meetings were these guys fresh out of college, really uh, just learning their craft. Guys named John Egan and Jared Anderson and Glenn Packiam. And, uh, and so, uh, so that summer when we had our conference, uh, they led worship together, uh, and, and it was recorded, and that's kind of where the Desperation Band started. Um, and so it was really just this gathering of young people that were hungry for the Lord and, uh, and excited about what God was doing and, and passionate about seeing God move. So as Desperation, we have four core values. Uh, passion, intercession, consecration, and mission. Uh, we call it the Desperation Vow. We've had... Throughout the years now, we've had thousands and thousands of young people sign up to live these four core values, to live in passion for Jesus, which is practically lived out in saying we want to spend time every day uh, in conversation with Him. Uh, so spend time with God every day. Intercession, uh, we uh, believe that prayer matters. We're praying kind of people. And so young people committing to be a part of a prayer meeting. Uh, consecration, living set apart unto the Lord. Uh, the, the practical outlet of that is, to, is we've called young people to to fast and to forego once a week something even that is 
okay, you know, an earthly right, even like food, that's something that we all deserve, right? We should have food, but for once, one time a week, and they don't all do food, they some, you know, different things, uh, but to forego those things in order to say, I want the greater thing of the kingdom. Uh, and then mission, we want to join the mission of what Jesus is doing on planet earth, and we want to give our lives to living on mission and on his mission. So, uh, that's what desperation is. Uh, we still, we have our conference uh, every summer, uh, this summer, uh, Desperation 2015, You Make a Way, uh, it's July 8th through 10th, so we'll gather again uh, here on this campus and do that. Um, so anyway, out of that came our Desperation Internship. And uh, so I just wanted to give you a little bit of grid for, for where we started. Um, and we've had a number of different programs at New Life, uh, different departments having internships and different stuff like that. Um, at this point, we have one school at New Life, and that is the Desperation Leadership Academy. We serve in lots of different areas uh, at New Life. So when we started, uh, we had six students. Uh, that first year, we, there were six of them, and uh, I remember so distinctly coming down to the office. We were over in the tent and uh, walking into our, these are like our leaders, these are our interns, these are like the ones that are going to take the planet for the cause of Christ. And I walk in and they are jumping on a trampoline with a rubber ducky like <laughs> floating around their waist during like office hours. And I was like, what, this is, what are you doing? You know, uh, this is my experience of year one of, of being an intern director. And uh, so to tell you uh, today, those very trampoline jumpers, uh, one of them is a missionary in China. Uh, another is leading a youth group in San Antonio, Texas that's doing phenomenal things. Another is the associate director of the United States at Every Home for Christ. And another, about three years later, I married. Uh, and so, uh, so she's doing good too. So, uh, so if you have interns, sometimes you're, you're, you're like, what? seriously, these are the future leaders? And they are. They really are, even though we can't always see it. But um, In the beginning. Yeah. In the, so, so we started with six, uh, and, and we've grown. This year, uh, we have... About 115 students, uh, I, I want to say 90 of those are full-time, uh, so they come from all over uh, all over the country. We have a few that, have, that we've expanded a little internationally, um, and uh, so anyway. So I say that to say, even on, in your little, little book that was passed out, there's internships at any size. Uh, I've, I've seen it all, right? So I've been with six people that were, were I mean, Amy's first year, there were six of them, uh, and she spent almost every day databasing, okay, and just seven hours a day of databasing. I would never have our students in database all day, every day anymore. Um, but so, so we've seen it, we've learned it. Um, we wanted to just spend some time with you guys, because the nature of you coming here, uh, you're probably have an internship, you want to have an internship, something like that, and by no means do I think we've got it. Mm -hmm. By no means do I think that we, uh, we have the answers and we figured it out. Uh, there's been a God story all along, um, even in terms of, I, I, I wish I, I mean, 
we do have a lot of students, but I don't even care that the number of students, that's not because we had some like awesome plan in order to grow. It's, it's been a God story of how he's brought people here, and it's been simple obedience along the way. Um, so I'm not, we're not sitting up here thinking like, hey, we know how to grow or do internships. We just have, I've, I've just done it for a long time. Uh, so I got some stories probably, I got some experience in it, and would love to talk about it. So some things we probably want to share for a little bit, and then, uh, and then really just talk. And, and if you guys have questions, if there's, if you have, you know, if you've experienced stuff or whatnot, and then I just brought these. Uh, we don't have, we, I just brought one of each. These are our handbooks for the last two years uh, that we give at orientation. Uh, and so uh, our orientation, I mean, when, when you've got people moving here from all over and we're spending a year together all the time, uh, it takes a long time to go through orientation. But if you want to flip through these, this, this, I mean, it has our rules. It has our, you know, all of that. So I just brought these. If you want to flip through them later, if you want to look at some of that. But yeah, my handbook was ten pages. It's now sixty. So yeah, <laughs> we've kind of developed over the years. Yeah. So we've we've learned a little bit uh, over the years. So uh, DLA, what is for me? What is DLA? Uh, Desperation Leadership Academy. To me, our priorities are summed up in the name. So our first priority is that these young people are desperate for God, that there is a hunger to know God, that there is a passion to follow Him the rest of their life. Uh, I hope that they have an awesome year. I hope that they come and this is like the best year of their life uh, thus far. Uh, but it's not, the win is not that 11 months from today that they had a great year. The right. win is that 11 years from today they still love Jesus and they're growing more and more and more. And then we played a role in that. I don't want to attribute that, oh yeah, if they're still following Jesus in 11 years, it's because they can't. No, no, no. But, but we can play a role and plant some seeds. That's our win. Number two is it, it is a leadership academy. So that would be number two is leadership. We want to train leaders. I think that we are in a time that we are... Probably shouldn't use it, but we're desperate for leaders. Not to, I mean, I know whatever, but we need young leaders. Uh, we need to we need to be reproducing leaders. We need to be growing up and empowering leaders, um, and we need to be training them. Uh, and then academy, we are at school. So I even say sometimes people are asking me, you know, is DLA is it an internship? Is it a subject program? Is it a school? What are you guys? And the answer is yes. Uh, we are all those things. We, we, there's school elements. They take classes. Uh, there are internship elements where they are. I mean, even this week, you see them running around in these white t-shirts, getting rooms ready and doing stuff. And you know, they're, they're learning practical, hands-on uh, ministry stuff. Um, and it is discipleship. It's always the, from. I mean, all day, every day is about discipleship. Uh, so that's who we are. Um, one of the fun things that uh, you know people. People will come and be like, um, you know that like, there's no internships in the Bible. And so maybe, we, should we really have internships? Well, I, maybe. Uh, you know, Paul in Ephesus did spend two years at the school of Tyrannius. He was two years preaching or teaching every afternoon to young people. Uh, so there was that. And also, the disciples, like, that kind of was a pretty sweet internship where they just followed Jesus for three years. They left their family. They spent time. Jesus didn't need them to do the ministry he did. He brought them in to teach them in order to empower them once he left. And so, you know, there, you, could, you could extrapolate some of that. So, uh, but there's lots of reasons that people do or don't do internships. Um, and uh, I think our motivation is huge. So, 
uh, if our motivation to do them is uh, because we're tired of losing our students to other programs or going off to college uh, and we've you know I, I get that I'm part of the student ministry here we see students from you know we're, we're involved in their life from sixth grade till graduation and then you raise them up and it's like oh they're awesome now let's step into leadership and they're like I'm moving across the country and it's like oh you know that's that's hard I get that um, what I would say though is that that's not a great motivation because well for uh, because obviously we want what's best for them not necessarily what's best for us mm -hmm. but also I'm just telling you we've seen it here like most of our local students go away they turn 18 and they go somewhere so so we have a great student ministry here we have what I think is a pretty good program for post college or post high school students um, but even they don't they don't all stay and do DLA they go to college all over the country and they go to other internships and they go to different stuff and so that's just what that's part of that season of life mm -hmm. and so if we're starting it just because we want to keep you know we're kind of Christian hoarders you know and and, uh, and we don't want to be that um, I think we don't want to have the motivation of we see faults in other programs and so we're going to start ours because this one is wrong over here and this one I don't like their theology here and this one treats them this way. I think that as you start it, it's good to recognize those things, but if we're only reactionary, then we're not creative. Um, and we don't want to be reactionary in what we're doing. We want what I think the motivation is. God has put a mission and a vision on your heart, mm -hmm. and it's about raising up. Oh, it's about advancing the kingdom, and part of that is raising up young leaders. Um, that's the mission that we want to be a part of, and that's the motivation. So. I'm not saying that the others don't play a role, okay? Uh, they, you should be looking at and saying, hey, are there other things that people are doing that I want to emulate? Are there things that I've seen other people are doing successful? Are there things that they're not doing that I, I want to make sure we don't do? Uh, I think that's healthy, but it shouldn't be your motivation. You will have students that come up through your church and, and come up and they're a part of your youth ministry and then they step into an internship program at your church. That's awesome, but it's just not always going to happen. Um, so anyway, so uh, to me, uh, as desperation, our vision is what I said earlier. We want to see a generation living in desperate pursuit of God. That's a pretty lofty vision. That's a pretty big one. Um, and so because of that, we need leaders, young people that will lead their own generation, uh, that will lead their peers, that will lead those that are right behind them. And so that's really why we started DLA. It was this desire to see young people passionate for Jesus that then lead their generation and, and actually uh, come in. I view this place as, I hope it's a place where people come in and whether it's in DSM, our Desperation Student Ministries is our junior high and high school, whether it's in DLA or whether it's at our Desperation Conference, they come in, they experience God's activity in them and then they go, whether that's to their school, whether that's back home, you know, after a year of DLA or after coming to conference, and they they spread what God has done here. Um, and so uh, that's that's our hope, that's our goal. It's not to keep, it's to spread. Uh, and then they start stuff, and then mm -hmm. and then people come, they stop coming here because they're going there, you know, and, and that's awesome. That's all good and healthy, and we love that. So, um, so. I am I am a champion. I'm excited for other churches having healthy 
programs. Uh, I think that it is good and exciting. That to me is not like, there's not a competition of mm -hmm. this church does an internship and this church does a such program and, and we got this parachurch ministry doing this. Listen, if we have 18 to 25 year olds, we'll call it, that are giving a year of their life to go deep in God, to, to grow in their understanding of the scripture, to give you know, a year to ministry with the hope of maybe some of them one day going into ministry, some of them just taking that in their own personal life and the way they lead their families. That's a win all around. Yeah. And so I'm excited for that. Um, so, uh, I, I, yeah, I, I think that, um, okay, when you talk about these, I'm just kind of spewing this stuff out. I hope it's okay. But I've seen, and even the temptation for us at times, is to operate at extremes and to have um, a program that exists uh, for the sake of the church. And we need, or, or the ministry, or the youth ministry, or you know, whatever, but we need workers. We need people that'll do the work. We need people that'll come in and, and you know, give 40 hours a week of free labor, and we need that, you know? And so we start this program. Um, and I think that that is, uh, I think that that's not horrible, but I think it can be uh, detrimental to the, to the people that do that. Then I've seen swing to the other side, and it's all about the student. It's all about come, and everything is about you. It's all about you. Come, this will be the best year of your life. You'll get so much stuff. You'll get, you'll get all these trips, and you'll get all these, you know, we'll, we'll create these environments for you to experience God, and we'll create these environments for you to have adventure, and everything is tailor-made for you this year. Um, and I don't think that's great either. I think the best is where it's somewhere in the middle where, where we can say, hey, look, our job, I view Amy and my job, I'm sorry I'm talking so much, yes. I view Amy and my job as investing in DLA. Mm -hmm. Our job is to love them, to empower them, to disciple them, to raise them up. Uh, and, um, and as part of that, we want to give them, and we'll talk about this more, but give them a vision to have a ministry outlet uh, so that they're not just, everything's about them, all about me, all about me, but where we are saying, we want to serve you, and in that, let's serve something bigger than yourself. Mm -hmm. And just so you know, as you, as you begin to rally young people to this, that's what, I mean, I think that's what they want to give their life to. They yeah. want to give their life to something that's bigger than them. They want to give their life to a mission, to a vision that, that is actually valuable enough to give a year of their life, to give their time, to give their resources, their money, and say, man, it is worth it. Uh, and, and they want the sacrifice to live for something bigger than themselves. Okay. Uh, and so I think it's good that we call them to that and that we, it's not about stacking chairs and, and setting up rooms. But, you know, when we get the vision and we say, here is what, this is what it is about, then all of a sudden, and you guys know this, you know, like stacking chairs and setting up rooms, that becomes part of what we're doing for the greater purpose. Uh, and, and, and it's a necessary part. So, um, do you want to say anything in there? Okay. okay. Um, so, for us, just real quick, my concentric circles of what we value is... Uh, at the core of what we do uh, is prayer. And so we have a lot of uh, prayer going on within DLA. Uh, there's, we have prayer meetings. Uh, they're spending time in God time devotional intercession prayer meetings. Uh, I mean, a big majority of what they're doing in their schedule each week is prayer. 
And I love, I, I think it was Luther who said, I have so much to do in a day that I have to pray for hours before I can get it all done. Um, we're just, like I said, we're the kind of people that believe prayer matters. Uh, we're the kind of people that believe that prayer is important. Mm -hmm. And I believe that we want to partner in the discipleship process. Jesus is the one that we want them to be like. Mm -hmm. And so the best thing that we can do is get them with Jesus. Mm -hmm. uh, and so, so prayer is at the core. Then we have discipleship. Then I would say theolo theology training classes, practical ministry, and community. That's kind of our concentric circles of, of what we're focused on doing. Um, and in our community, it's, it does include fun events. It includes enjoying each other, but it's mostly about being a fellowship of burning hearts. It's mostly about um, when you get burning ember with another burning ember, they burn brighter. And so we want to kind of, you know, we want to facilitate the opportunity for people to love Jesus in a way that when they get around other people, it causes them all to live for Jesus more. So, um, so three things that I think we would say are should be a priority in a in a program. Um, and then, like I said, I just want to get all this out, and then we'll just talk. Is that okay? So, uh, discipleship, training, and serving. Those are, and I would say in those order. Uh, in that order. Um, discipleship has to be the primary thing we're doing. Raising up leaders, multiplying yourself. It's what Jesus it's what Jesus did. I mean, in his ministry, he he spent most of his time discipling his, his disciples, the 12. Um, and so we want to raise up uh, leaders that will become disciplers of others. Um, and so uh, there, it's not just about getting bodies in the room. It's about how, how can I empower them? How can I you know, lead them to be like Jesus? And, uh, and so, uh, it, like I said, with Jesus, with his disciples, he spent time with them. He had his inner circle. He had his 12. And then other people as well, you know. And so uh, we want to take the time to disciple. So that's the core of what, what we're doing. We, we want it. That. And that means, you know, at times things are going to get messy. At times it's... Uh, the role of intern director, if any of you are that or looking at being that, it is not a nine to five job. <laughs> uh, when I, I mean, you know, when I got a text message this morning at five a.m., you know, or I, I get I get it all the time. My, I'm, my phone's in my pocket. It's eleven o'clock at night. I get a text message. I don't even have to know it, read it. I know someone just got in a car wreck. <laughs> I just know someone, you know, someone did something dumb or something happened, you know, and so, so, but it's, it's doing life with them all the time. It's using every opportunity to say, okay, what, what do you think? And that's what I love about this gap year idea. Um, so we call DLA a gap year. Uh, so mostly we have 18, 19 year olds, although we do have up to 24, 25. Um, but mostly we have people that are taking a year off after high school or in the, somewhere in college to, to do a gap year. Um, it's a pretty common concept. Uh, I think Harvard did a study mm -hmm. really encouraging young people to take a year out of high school before they go to college and, uh, to, to, to pursue things that they're excited about. Um, and so when you do a year together, 
uh, it really enables you to, in every little piece, uh, whether it's in a prayer meeting, whether it's in doing ministry together, whether it's you know playing volleyball together, uh, you know you see different parts of of their who they are, and it's it's amazing you know that it allows us to really speak into who they are and coach them through things and talk them through things and say okay. And this little this attitude came out a little bit. Let's talk about that. Uh, and so if you are an intern director or looking to be one, it will take some patience uh, and, and conversations. So, but I think our number one job is to be disciplers uh, and, and to encourage them to lead them to love God first, uh, then love people. So do you want to add to discipleship stuff? Um, yeah, I think, you know, talking about internships, you know, primarily – um, just as Dan was talking about earlier, is kind of seeing it as, okay, these are, these are resources that are going to help us build. <laughs> these are resources that are going to help us make things happen. Um, but just the truth is um, that discipleship has to be the purpose, otherwise you need to pay them. <laughs> um, and so you seeing it as, okay, I'm going to take these people under my wing and I'm going to, I have, I have a vision to cultivate them. Um, and so just really want to encourage all of you that, that, you know, discipleship being, being primary uh, for you and how and how you see this and you know just as Dana was talking I was even just just thinking about young leaders in our generation we are void of so many of us are void of fathers we're void of you know our, our character being cultivated and I can tell you as an intern director that's that's one of the number one things I see coming you know we have all these new students and it's like Okay, here we go. You know, a year of, of discipling all of these ones, and many of them come from broken homes and um, tragic stories, and are needing healing, and are needing love, and are needing. Um, they weren't taught <laughs> um, just basic integrity and character, and so not all of them. Not all of them, but. <laughs> <laughs> but to some extent, they all need to grow. And so um, so that's why, you know, prayer being at our core is because we can't be the Savior. Like, we can't have a, okay, like, my job is I want to partner with the Holy Spirit and what He wants to do in these individuals' lives. That's my vision, and that's my prayer. And that also, in the place of prayer, that Jesus is going to be the one who's going to walk them through um the, the healing, the freedom, the deliverance, the, all of that that they need, and I'm partnering with him in that. And so, um, so that's why discipleship is is needs to be primary, um, yeah, in cultivating leaders. So, yeah. So I think that these types, an internship, and, and the truth is, I don't love the word internship. Uh, I don't love when people call DLA, I don't know why, but like when people call DLA interns, I'm like, mm -hmm. ah, it, it, maybe it's because I grew up. You know, I graduated high school. I grew up high school in the 90s, graduated in 2000. I just, interns to me meant moving chairs. It's just what it meant, you know? <laughs> and so, uh, so I don't love that. But, and I look at like in corporate America, interns is whatever. Right. You know? So, uh, um, 
But as we do this, I, it is so huge that we see them as uh, future leaders that we invest in. Mm -hmm. and, and I say that realistically. The point of an investment is to get a return. Okay, it's not. It, it, we're investing in them not so that we necessarily get the return, though I think I think you will, but so that the kingdom gets the return, uh, so that so that the gospel is advanced, so that Jesus is glorified. And I believe. Oftentimes you'll read that as well, um, but we want to really invest in them. So, um, so I discipleship, seeing it primarily as our our role as a disciple is is huge. Um, two is to train. Okay, and so I do want people to come and get real practical skills. DLA, we don't say that this is like just a vocational ministry training school. Okay, so we've we have people come to DLA that go on to be uh, well, I don't know that we have many. Yeah, nurses and teachers. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we have it, it, all sorts of other jobs. Uh, we do have a number that end up being youth pastors or missionaries or worship leaders. Uh, a lot that have gone into media directors at, at churches, stuff like that. Um, but it's not mostly about vocational training. But what we do is we use ministry opportunities to coach leadership and disciple them. Mm -hmm. uh, and so we do. They're, they come and they're a part of our youth ministry. They're a part of our conference ministry. They're a part when we go and we do nights of worship and prayer at churches. They're a part of that. They're a part of our Sunday morning service. They they're given leadership opportunity and so the way it breaks down the way that that we say it is that there's uh, there are leader moments and there are learner moments and we purposely take time to say this is for you in this moment you're a learner okay in this moment you are being trained this this service is for you this class is for you this is for you to learn but then there's other moments where we unashamedly say you're a leader and even though we just met you two weeks ago you're a <laughs> leader at this youth group and we're gonna we're gonna empower you as a leader and we're going to get to know you. And as we get to know you more, you'll have more and more leadership roles. But but we expect you to lead. And so right from the beginning, we're, we're two and a half weeks in, right? And so one of the easy ways we say lead is we say you need to be leading up front in worship, right? Like you need to be engaging in worship and that you you change the momentum of the room by the way that you worship, you know? So there's little ways that they can lead even when, when people are new and fresh and you're getting to know them. Mm -hmm. um, but I do think training is really important. Uh, and so... I, I, like I said, we've had some that have come through and, uh, you know, many that have gone on to be pastors, youth pastors, worship leaders. But others, that, I mean, we had one girl who came in, she was 18 years old, uh, and we said, we were pretty new at this whole thing. And we were like, hey, we're going to have you uh, be over finances for our conference. And she was terrified. Uh, she was you know, 18. <laughs> I think she was 19. I think she was 19. Uh, no. and, uh, she, and she hated it. I remember just tears in her eyes. She's like, I hate this. Why? Like, do, do I really have to do this? And, you know, and, and by the end of the year, we're crazy that she loved it and it's actually now her career. She's in, I mean, she, she went to school yep. for it. She's, she's now, CPA. that's what she does. She's mm -hmm. CPA. And so, so that's cool. I love yeah. that stuff. Like that was actual training mm -hmm. that, that she learned and that, you know, that, and, and it wasn't necessarily how to preach. It wasn't necessarily how to mm -hmm. lead worship. It was, a, it was another Skill. kind of training. So in training, this is the scary part is uh, giving freedom to fail um, and I believe that where there's not freedom to fail you can't have creativity mm -hmm. um, and so if we want to empower young leaders to be creative and, and innovative we they have to have some to some extent freedom to fail and so I want 
our ministry to be where we have an umbrella of protection over them and there are certain things they have to be within the limits of that umbrella mm -hmm. but under that umbrella they have freedom to try new things and try and, and to step out and test and, and grow and uh, so I remember one time uh, a young man in DLA uh, he was running sound. He was in our school of media and was running sound, or yeah, or maybe his video. But and uh, and it was just we were in, we had a service and it just bombed. I mean, it was just bad. Like one of those, you know, you know the moments where you don't notice the technical side until you really notice it, right? <laughs> and uh, and I remember walking back there and. Uh, and you just saw on his face, just pale, you know, tears starting to come to his eyes, and just ready for me to light into him for how he so failed this moment. And uh, and I remember, I just hugged him. I was like, bro, I love it. You're new at this. We'll do, you know, we'll do better next time. Let's learn from it. That was a little moment in our relationship. Today, we're like best friends mm. because, oh, that's a stretch. We're really, really good friends. <laughs> I did his wedding last week. I mean, you know, like, we're like really close. And, uh, and it's because there was, in a moment where I could have come in and been like, no, we expect this and this, and you fail. No, 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 it was just, hey, look, okay, we have interns running things. Right. We're gonna have times where it's not perfect. Right. But because of that, he grew, and because he grew, yes. by the end of the year, we, we grew. By the end of the year, we were better because he had the ability, and he actually then got a job, he went to a church, was in media, he ran, I mean, he, he grew from the guy that couldn't really run a service to a media director at a church uh, because there was some freedom for that. And I, I, I shouldn't just, I don't like telling stories where I feel like I told a story where I'm the hero of it, but I'm just saying that, that they're, they're, we need to be okay with they're not professional ministers. Right. They're not professionals, but they are growing. And if we let them grow mm -hmm. with the understanding that we may, some things are going to, you know, going to not be mm -hmm. perfect all the time and let them grow into it. I actually yeah. think, again, in the long run, we'll, we'll benefit from it. And I think just knowing, okay, this is an intern, there's a risk involved on your end. And so knowing that risk <laughs> ratio of, um, and so one thing with that you need to ask is who is training them? Who is delegating to them and who's following up with them? That's crucial. Yeah. Um, I think many times in ministry, it's just go, 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 go. We are at such a fast pace. But when you have interns, you, have a, you need to feel the level of responsibility that you're cultivating them in those practical elements. And so I'm going to have fall. I'm gonna, I delegated something to you and that you have follow up conversations of how they did. And so something that we do. Um, specifically with our you know our second and our third years who are in the offices more is just like with probably many of your staff you had you kind of have your annual reviews but we try to do them more often than just annually but where they know here are the things that we are looking for here are the areas that we want to see you grow in you know practically on a skill level and then you're you're monitoring that and you're evaluating that and you're um, and you're coaching them um, I think as young people one of the greatest fears they have is a failure and of criticism and correction and so kind of demystifying that like okay like we want to cultivate you and we see you grow and this isn't a statement about your character and if you love Jesus or not like no practically like okay we got to work on your email etiquette <laughs> we need to spell check and so that little red squiggly line don't send until it's gone um, you know and so in making light of their growth like not like okay we need to talk about this 
and you know and and but just okay like you're growing and I'm taking a risk on you but this is my joy it's my joy to cultivate you and to see you grow in these things and knowing that um, the skills that they I know our interns leave with after having been here for two and three years how much more equipped they are um, just in, in, in etiquette and administration and just practical things that you're not going to get in college. Like I, you know, was an intern for three years and I got my degree in theology. My degree in theology, I use about 10% of that and my, you know, 90% of the things that I use on a day-to-day -day basis are from the skills that I acquired in my internship. And so, um, so just knowing, like, you're really equipping them for ministry um, if you're willing to take the risk and coach them um, in it. So, so just knowing who is training them. If it's not you, that you've assigned them and that you're holding them accountable to, you know, follow up and train them. So, so and I think, um, just to real quick explain this as a side, but she said two or three years. But you said a gap year, but two or three years. So the way we have it, we have, this is a, a year program. Uh, we do have a second year option for leadership. Our second year we call CORE. Uh, they they are play a big role in lead, in leadership of our day-to-day -day as well as helping lead in our discipleship groups. Uh, and then a third year is not really a third year of DLA. We call it associate staff. And uh, they do, uh, they literally do 40 hours in the office with us. It's usually about... Uh, 10% of the, their first year class that do a third year and those are people that really want to go into ministry and we want to say come you know we want to make you know spend a year on our associate staff and as best we can we'll place you afterwards uh, now we are placing people throughout it I mean one year two years three years but just to explain even what that is so um, so big picture discipleship I think has to be premium it's the, it's the big part of what we're doing I don't have any desire for us to grow larger than we can disciple. Um, if we can't disciple them, then and growing for the sake of having more numbers, blah, but it's a waste. We're actually gonna, and 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 you can see it on you know on their life and blogs, and you know like we can do lots of damage in lives if we don't take care of them by discipling them. Uh, so discipleship number one, number two is really training and equipping them, finding out who's gonna do that, who's gonna follow through. If you do those two things, then I think you have the equity to have them serve. Uh, and and uh, to and so again, this goes back to what I said earlier. You know, the scripture where there is no vision, the people perish. I think that a huge part of serving is for us to give them the vision of what's going on, what mm -hmm. God's doing. So for us, that means the vision of desperation. That means the vision of, of our student ministry here. That means the vision of New Life Church. Uh, we want to make sure that we are partnering with what God's doing at our church. Uh, that is what we're about. That's what we're championing. That's what we're, that's what we're talking about. And so uh, if you, as you lead programs, you want to make sure that your senior pastor, or if you are a senior pastor, then it's easy, but that your senior pastor feels the support mm -hmm. of having an internship discipleship program. Uh, because I say that because uh, it will be 
uh, at times a drain on the resources of the church. The nature of having young people, I mean, I just get it all the time, right? Like the nature for us of having so many young people on this campus all the time, uh, it is a drain on the resources of the church. And so it's important that the church feels the, the strength that we gain from having that as well. Uh, and that we are behind what Pastor Brady's doing. We are behind what is going on at New Life and we're here to serve that. Uh, and so that is our job to make sure to instill the vision of that. And uh, and so there's times when when our students get to lead worship on a Sunday morning for our junior high and they love that. But you know what? There's also times where very real, we have to sit in a room and put together some kind of gift or some write a thank you card. That's not as, they don't love that quite as much, right? Like when they're not on stage doing something, uh, but giving the vision for why and what this is, what this has, and, and what the the whole point of what we're doing here, um, and coming and really rallying to what God is doing at your church, um, the mission that you're serving, uh, and that it is bigger than just the program itself. Uh, it's bigger than just trying to do things for yourself. So, uh, I believe that if we focus mostly on discipling them, really focus on training them, it gives you the equity, it gives you the ability to say. This is how we get to serve, and this is our joy in serving. Uh, and so, anyway. Yeah. So, okay, so I'm just going to talk uh, really quickly about some just practical tips for starting. Um, so, number one, I would just encourage you is just start start with who you have. And, and many of you are like, well, yeah. <laughs> Um, but just look around at who, who are the people who are just looking for the opportunity. If given to them, they would be on board and saying, yes, I want to, I want to jump in. So just start with who you have. Um, two, know your purpose and be clear about it. Um, so this super practically is, what is the commitment? What are the hours they, they're committing to? Um, do you have within your budget that you're going to, you know, pay for them to be a part of things? Or do they need to pay to be a part of it? Um, and so you figuring out, you know, what are, what are the values? What are the things that we, you know, want them to be at that we can afford and supplement the cost, you know, for them to come on this retreat or do this event um, for them? Um, you know, that we're going to supplement that or that they need to, you know, pitch in, you know, to, to be a part of those things. Um, Oh, as well as, um, what are the expectations of standard of conduct? <laughs> um, 60 pages. Exactly. <laughs> Um, so, um, you know, these aren't, these are young people. And so they, they need to know, okay, like, um, you know, so we told our interns this past week, okay, you're, you know, you're 18 and you're right out of high school, but you can't date our high school students. <laughs> you know, so just things like that, standard of conduct. It's important to let them know. <laughs> yes. Parameters. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, so three, so figuring out hours um, and making sure to include the discipleship and training elements. So for us, that means that they're in, you know, they have a two-hour discipleship group meeting every week. Um, they're actually in three hours of prayer, Monday through Thursday. Um, and then they have three hours of prayer on top of that. Um, so they're in prayer meetings a lot. Um, and then, yeah, and then what are the, the, the mentoring meetings? Like, I would really make sure to put that in the schedule. Like, okay, this is the time when I'm actually going to sit down with you and we're going to talk about the practical things. Um, you know, staff meetings that you want to incorporate that them into, which I think is really, really great, that they feel, you know, buy-in and that they're a part of kind of speaking into, you know, the plan and the vision and the creativity. Um, so just, yeah, figuring out those hours and making sure uh, to include those things. Um, 
Oh yeah, so I think I already said this, but yeah, who's paying for them? Are they paying or are you factoring into your budget to do special things for them? Um, so yes, yeah, special things go a long way. So, you know, we have it in our budget um, to do those things throughout the year. So, I mean, even yesterday, School of Ministry, you know, we took them to uh, Sonic for happy hour, you know, or it's like a dollar drinks. Just those things go a long way when they're giving so much of um, for free. Just, um, just to clarify, if you're not from the Midwest, Sonic is like a fast food restaurant <laughs> that has a happy hour of like limeades. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, it's like soda and limeades. Not, not like just, we don't take our limeades. <laughs> I just want to make sure we're real clear on that. So, um, I think one thing, uh, one thing that's just as you as you go about this, uh, and this is this is hard to do, but to underpromise and overdeliver is a phrase that I know we've all heard before. But um, it's probably really important that you don't look a student in the eye and say, "Come be a part of what we're doing here," and I and I I'm going to personally train you how to preach to thousands. Um, <laughs> Unless you absolutely know you can do that, you know, like, uh, but the, the, what, the hook, what you really want to say, we will disciple you, you know, we will, to, to be who God has made you to be. Mm -hmm. Don't look at my ministry and think you're going to be, you're going to do exactly what I'm doing. We want you to be who God's made you to be. And, uh, and. And maybe if you have it in your capacity, let me just say this. If you do say, come, I will personally train you how to be a worship leader. Great. You need to do that, mm -hmm. right? And not have them come and say, oh, great. Hey, you know, this fifth grader in our children's ministry is a great worship leader. He's going to train you, actually. You know, so, uh, so you need to make sure that what you're telling them is actually what you're doing. Um, and, and so that that's just even expectation mitigation yeah. a little bit there. Um, so... And that in you are trying to recruit and trying to build, um, that you're just honest. You're really honest about what it is. Um, so it's just important. All right. Um, I think that's most of what just we wanted to spew out. Um, it's really important. I think it just, I, I'm just kind of saying, listen, well, I'll just say this with DLA. I mean, I'm stealing this, so it should be okay. But, you know, our copyright is your right to copy. Like, so I just want to tell you everything that we do as much as we can. And you just take it and pretend like you thought of it. That's awesome. You know, uh, and so that's great. Um, so attitudes are huge. Um, and as we coach leadership, our four, there's so many leadership principles. I could write a book with 21 different laws. Um, but, uh, but the four things that we really talk about are we, we have four primary things that we say over and over again. Number one is lead strong. Uh, and so that's the idea that when given the opportunity to lead, the best thing you can do is lead. Um, and so to be decisive in being a leader and to see yourself as a leader, uh, if it, you know, that's a really important thing is to actually view themselves as a leader. Um, I think we live different when we see ourselves as mm -hmm. leaders. Mm -hmm. um, to pursue excellence. So that goes a part of the email with the red squiggly line, right? Like we want to have excellence in everything that we do. Um, and so that involves the work we do, that involves the way we, the way we present ourselves, that involves our speech, that involves all of that. Um, choose joy. That's the one that we say over and over and over again uh, because there's good days and bad days and there are exciting days and there are just normal boring days and in all of it we got to choose joy um, and then um, stay steady uh, is the last one that we the four 
kind of coaching uh, the, uh, the way we coach their attitudes is to stay steady. And when things are good, enjoy it. And when things are rough, stay steady. And when things are, when you feel like, you know, and I think even in ministry, this is a great principle. I mean, if we tapped out every time things got hard, uh, you know, that, that we would all be tapping out quite a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but in staying steady, uh, we use the example real quick but we have this thing called the incline here uh it's a one mile straight up hike on it it was just stairs it was a railroad whatever and so one mile like olympian olympic olympians olympic athletes whatever train it you know paula owner like does it on one leg or something but uh it's brutal it's on pike's feet Mm -hmm. and it's like just brutal and uh and so the first time i did i took a bunch of high school guys up it and i did the good leadership thing of standing and waiting till the last guy you know and then I was like oh, okay and I was walking but then I lost my good leadership because I got I was tired of standing in the back so then I, I thought I would run to catch up with the rest and I made it about 20 steps before losing all the Gatorade that I had previously drank um, and so anyway the idea is just even in this uh, when you see people that, that really they, they, they run and then they break and then they run and then they break uh, you're actually going to do better time if you just pick a pace and stay at it the whole time and you don't take breaks um, and uh, and so that's the that's the key so any of you that are interested in doing the, the incline while you're here don't <laughs> but if you do uh, the key is just picking a steady pace and just doing it the whole way and when you feel like stopping don't stop uh-huh. and when you feel like running don't run <laughs> uh, and so that's the idea that we want to teach them is like just stay steady and even as we talk rhythm this week at this whole week you know that we're talking about uh, having a rhythm that's part of what we're saying with stay steady so those are our uh leadership kind of principles um let me give two minutes on what <laughs> i just realized what does dla do uh and and then let's just talk so uh basic week for dla um they're gonna have um we do we do a Sunday through Thursday week. Um, Sundays looks different for everybody, depending on if you're in a... We have a school of worship, a school of ministry, and a school of media. And depending on what you do, you're serving different places on a Sunday. Um, our school of ministry is involved in our junior high services, as well as small groups. Our school of worship is involved in our main services. Um, our school of media is, is split between both, depending on what they're doing. Um, but Monday through Thursday, a basic week. We have, we have a normal week about once or twice a year. Uh, <laughs> but uh, a normal week, we have prayer meeting from 8 to 10 in the morning. One of those hours is a devotional hour. One of those hours is a corporate intercession and worship hour. Uh, class from 10 to noon. And so those are going to be theology classes. Those are going to be specific uh, at times, specific to the school that they're in. Um, And uh, so whether that's worship or student ministry um, or media, um, then they, uh, we we do noon prayer together and then uh, they have a lunch break. We do give lunch breaks. Uh, And then in the afternoon from two to five is ministry practicum. It's, uh, it's hands-on ministry Depending on the again the school they're in, media, ministry, worship, uh, they go and they do they do ministry within the school, um, and uh, and then in the evenings we have services that we're a part of on Wednesday night. Um, they go to a couple prayer meetings, and then like Pastor Brady said, we, we do the same thing where we give them we really try to give them a Friday Saturday you know a day off to get stuff done and a day off to have Sabbath, um, and so that's our that's our basic. Uh, rhythm. Uh, so it's 7.45 to 5.30 Monday through Thursday um, with a couple nights out, really only one or two nights out a week. Um, with, so 
Uh, and then I can say, you know, back, you know, we now have schools and classes in our curriculum. Um, I mean, back when I was an intern, you know, one day a week, we were, you know, going through the old, te the new, tes new Testament, doing a Bible study. Then we had, you know, one other day a week was, you know, we went through a leadership book. Then another day was kind of like a practical, you know, I remember going through like a money management book. And so, um, so don't think like, oh my gosh, we have to like have professors and stuff like just going through different books. Um, with them is, is fabulous. So yeah, as they're you know training and stuff. So our primary outlets that we serve here at New Life is uh, the student ministry. That's with desperation. We were birthed out of the student ministry. I mean that is we have a vision for young people here. Um, also the prayer movement. We told you how much we're praying. We might as well be a part of what we're doing as a church in prayer. Um, and then and then we do play different functions on Sunday mornings and serving Sunday morning and different stuff like that. So, uh, and then where we can, there's other departments that, you know, like we'll have, when we have base camp, which is our children's VBS, you know, we'll, all of DLA will do that. And when we go, you know, when we have different, this week with our leadership or with our new life conference, you know, all, we're all a part of that. So, uh, so we want to, like I said, really be behind what, what the Lord's doing here and the leadership that, that uh, is at New Life. So, Okay, so that's us. That's a little bit about DLA. Just some of the things that we've experienced through the years. Uh, just kind of, hopefully there's just little bits of wisdom in there. Um, like I said, or even at the beginning, seeing some of you guys have programs you're doing. Some of you are thinking about starting one. Uh, and so just, we wanted to kind of get all that out and share. That's really some of what we've learned. Um, and there's a whole lot more we probably didn't say. But, uh, so any thoughts or questions? Let's just talk for a little bit. And this is the awkward part where I'll say that and then it's quiet for a little bit. So that's all right. Did you guys start with like a full-time internship director or was it kind of like, hey, you're on staff, why don't you do this? <laughs> yeah, I was on staff and my brother David said, hey, why don't you do this? <laughs> and at the time, uh, I, so I had been on staff for a couple years. At the time, I was 10 out, I was part-time, so I was 19. No, 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 no. I wasn't 19. I was 19 when I got hired. I was a mature 21 when I started the program. So, so I did 22. 22. Whew. So I did like 10 hours a week uh, in the tape and mail room, and then I was doing 10 hours a week with junior high, and then the rest of the time I was I was a part of our leading DI at the time. Um, and so yeah, so it was just we didn't hire someone. It was just me, and that was the responsibility of what I got. So. Um, and, and we had, at the time, we've had different programs uh, at New Life, and, and we used school worship, and DLA used to be separate, and we used to have different, and, and so now we're just all one. We just have one banner, and that's even where we've broken up into having different schools, uh, but we're just all one now. So, but yeah, I don't think it is imperative to say we have to hire a director, but I do think it's imperative that we say who is going to be responsible for the discipleship, the training, who, at the end of the day, who's going to do that and carry mm -hmm. that. So, Along these lines, this is a big commitment for y'all's church. First off, like y'all's posture for the kingdom is awesome. I was at a church where we did it for three months and we killed everybody. Like, mm -hmm. A lot of content, a lot of life broke the road, so my hats off to y'all for doing this mm -hmm. and for keeping at it, y'all being steady. Mm -hmm. But what is this what is the church culture, your staff, to even allow if it's an investment, yeah. a lot of time, a lot of partnerships, a lot of ministries giving time. So can you talk about that part of your church that is willing to make an investment? 
um, how do you strategically make it worth your time, and how do you all just coach your staff it's worth it for the kingdom? Like, yeah. So, um, New Life has, I've been here now for about 14 years, 13, 14 years. Um, I came in midstream, right? New Life was already going. And New Life's always seemed to have a high priority in investing in the next generation mm -hmm. and in leaders. Yeah. And so that's a part of the DNA of mm -hmm. who our church is. Mm -hmm. um, and so we get to reap that benefit uh, in a lot of ways. Um, but I think that um, there is always going to be what you're talking about, where uh, it's, it's what I was talking about earlier, where it is going to be a drain on the resources of the church. Uh, and so uh, I think part of our job is massaging those relationships <laughs> to make sure that everybody keeps the vision of raising up young leaders uh, and, that, and that we're all on the same page there. Um, but I do also think it's us providing the resource to them as well. And, and so that there is... Uh, there can see the we can see the benefit of having young leaders on our campus, um, and uh, so um, so it's, it's a bunch of relational. Now now as far as that's for the staff. As far as new life goes, the the congregation. Um, you know, I think I've, I've had so much where there's so many people, and probably this is true of your congregation as well, that are just they they would love to invest in young leaders. And so they, they, it's an exciting thing for them to get to come speak or come teach. Uh, a lot of times staff, and I'm just being whatever, for the staff maybe it's a little bit of, I got so much other stuff I need to be doing. But if there are capable, competent church members that can come be a part, a lot of times for them it's an honor and excitement to come be a part. Uh, and so uh, I think that's actually something that you can relieve some of the staff tension is by finding who in your congregation can speak into some of that. And obviously that's not a 40 hours a week or, you know, I mean, you know, but if it's teaching or if it's leading, um, you know, leading a small group or something or stuff like that. So I know that maybe that didn't really answer, but I, I think there's a lot of just being in conversation and making sure anytime that DLA is is interacting with another department. I'm having conversations. How did it go? Is there something I need to address? Are you okay? You know, like, and so it's going, making sure that we're having conversations of, and I love when I get the conversation back that says, oh, they were awesome. Uh, and then when they, when I don't have that, then it's, again, it's another coaching moment where I get to say, I apologize. Let me, we'll coach on that. Mm -hmm. And so I think the staff all having that trust in each other that it's not going to go without being seen and it's not going to go not without being dealt with. You know, so. Does that answer your question? Yeah, I think the it's part of your culture is DNA. That's the biggest mm -hmm. thing. You're gonna make a way for it to happen. Yeah. It's and did uh, my question for you would be did the kind of the strain that it was on the staff was it because oh my gosh I have these people I now need to manage or okay so I think for us our perspective is is. Well, we <laughs> we are responsible for their time and their schedule and managing them. And so if people have a request like, hey, I need help with this. OK, great. What's what's when, what time, how many people, you know, and we kind of allocate them. But then if it's like, OK, we don't have anything for them to do. OK, then it's our responsibility yeah. to manage their time. So um, we don't shop them out to try and have other people keeping them busy. You know, mm -hmm. so right. that's best. And that's what this, I mean, our church was, was 
massive administrator, very siloed, so that was a side yeah. effect from a, a dysfunction somewhere else. So yeah. Yeah. And I think just again, this goes back to the dean, I think, but uh, just for us, Pastor Brady is huge. The fact that he, not like as a person, I just mean like, <laughs> the, the fact that he is supportive of DLA, and the, the fact that he, uh, the fact that he is empowering us to do this, it trickles down to the whole church, both staff and congregation. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and honestly, how we developed, you know, kind of the first year, second year, third year concept and their roles. When I was a first year, yeah, we were in the office forty hours a week because that's what was needed. But now that we have, you know, our first year. It's so big. Okay, well, what do we do with you people? Like, you can't all be in the office and have a desk with a computer. <laughs> um, and so their schedule over the years, their schedule has developed differently based on okay, what's needed. And we can't have that many people in the office. That's a waste of their time. That is a strain on us. I'm trying to figure out what to for you guys to do. Um, so their schedule has looked different based on how many of them there are, really. Too. Yeah, and that goes back to at the beginning where I said we have we don't have it all figured out. Every year is different. <laughs> We've done this, and every year things change. Their schedule changes. Uh, their you know even our rules change. Our discipleship structure change. So we're just we're constantly trying to say how can we be better, mm-hmm. and so uh, so that's part of that change. Mm-hmm. So anyway, Do other questions. It's it's more of a sharing of how your internship. DLA has touched me. Um, I've come to desperation in the last couple of years. Do you have someone named Brandon that's like in his second or third year? Uh, I thought his name was Brandon. Is he African American? What? Is Brandon Cormier? He's, no, he's on no, staff. Brandon, uh, somebody in DLA. Anyway, it may not be Brandon. Yeah. But a couple years ago, I was over for morning prayer and at the World Prayer Center. And he came over to me and he said, I feel led to just pray over you. And it was just so touching that a young man, a young man did that. He didn't know me from Adam. Mm. Yet he, he sat there and he prayed mm. for me because I was having a couple of challenges at the time. And I didn't share that with him. You know, he just came over and said, I feel led to pray for you. And since then, I saw him today. Oh. Anyway, I, it may not be Brandon. Is it Bucky? No. 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 And anyway, <laughs> if I see you two together, yeah. if I see yeah. you, okay. John, is it George? Yeah. Oh, it's Michael. But anyway, no, that's me. Anyway, it was just, you know, it was just really neat. And mm-hmm. I think what, what, what helps give validity to the program or to the internship is to see them working, is to see them, you know, like giving back. Totally. And I think that startup internship or, you know, that habit is, you know, making sure that when you have conferences, mm-hmm. when, you know, you're having children's mm-hmm. church that, you know, they're proactively involved mm-hmm. because then the church, the leadership yeah. and the community, the body can see mm-hmm. that they're actively engaged. Right. And everyone I have talked to that's a part of DLA is just very upbeat. They're very happy. They're full of joy. They're really living the fruits of the spirit. Mm. That's awesome. Thanks. Thank you. That's awesome. So does is I came in late. Okay. You're great. I apologize for that. Great. Okay. We, we were lost again. I was gonna say. I know. We're like <laughs> not the easiest room to find. <laughs> but uh, this room used to have a giant ball pit in it. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of switched to wish it still did. <laughs> they can make up the thorn. Oh, do they? <laughs> lots of lots of functions. 
So um, is um, and I'm, this may have been you may have addressed this before we came in. Is DLA an extension of your youth and college ministries? In um, open, it sounds like it may be open to even older, but predominantly an extension. And if it is, my kind of follow-up question to that is: Does it come out of the youth budget, the college ministry budget, or have they just has the the, the bean counters kind of created a whole new line for it on its own? So. Um that's a complex question. Um, we and if you can't talk about it, I'm okay. No, 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 no. Oh. it's not that I can't talk about it. I'm trying to figure out the best way to articulate it. Basically, Brandon Cormier is our junior high and high school. He's our youth pastor. Uh, Brandon and I, I oversee DLA and our Desperation Conference. We partner in doing ministry together. So uh, DLA, Desperation, is not under the youth ministry, um, but youth ministry is not under desperation. Now, you're like partners. Yeah, but here's the thing. If you'd asked me a year ago, I would have said that Brandon and I both reported to my brother David, mm -hmm. uh, but, but, uh, and he was over both of us, and desperation was the umbrella. Um, so that's why I said I'm trying to figure out the best way to articulate it. Um, as far as the funds, um, DLA's budget is, uh, as far as their year, um, it is comes out of their tuition, so they pay a tuition to be a part. Uh, and then so it's self-sufficient. Mm -hmm. okay. uh, I like some of our staff. Like I'm a pastor on staff, uh, and so uh, you know some of the salaries of our staff come out of the budget. Some of them, you know, we have functions at the church. So um, I don't know if we want to get into the specifics of that stuff. But uh, as far as what covers the students doing what the students do. Mm -hmm. uh, we, we, you know, get the tuition each year, we create the budget, and all of it comes out of tuition, mm -hmm. and it goes right back into the student, so. And does DLA just focus on the youth here, or do they invite, like, you know, New Life is fortunate, they're a large church, the vast majority of the church is, you know, under that 200, you know, uh, group of people, and they struggle with how to, what to do with their youth, or what have you. Mm -hmm. Is there any outreach with DLA to those youth groups, and a part help partner with those smaller churches to disciple in, in build leadership there? Like in town, in, in town, or yeah, yeah. So most of what we do is with our youth ministry here. Um, we have um, we have from time to time where our students. Uh, are involved in other churches uh, where there's need. It's easy with um, saying that you know they need a worship leader, and we have students in our school of worship. Uh, there's students that go lead worship and, and do stuff with them. Um, we don't specifically as DLA have where our DLA students are the leadership team of uh, other youth ministries. We focus most of that within our student ministries here. Okay. Uh, so uh, yeah. But there are opportunities we do other outreaches and partnerships with in the city, um, but it's not on a week-to-week -week basis. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, okay. great. Is your for budgeting? Is your fiscal year, calendar year, or school year? It's a school year. Is so the church also runs that same budget, or yours is separate? Yeah, it's yeah. interesting. Um, the church is on a fiscal year, and we're on school year. So. Um, it just kind of fits into that. Yes, we got so we figure it out. <laughs> yeah. We have 
like I said, with other departments, we have lots of conversations with the accounting <laughs> department <laughs> to make sure that everything is functioning right. When you, when you started, so Amy, you were the first year. Uh -huh. So how did you find out about it? How did you guys market that? What did you guys do to Can I tell the story? Sure. All right. Here's, here's <laughs> what happened. In 2001 or two, we started a part-time program. Uh, it was 12 hours a week. It was just discipleship. It was prayer. They did, they did six hours in prayer, two hours in discipleship, two hours of a service. We call it the gathering, and uh, and then two hours where they served in the city somewhere. So they were like an intense small group. Yeah, is what it's yeah. where it started. Um, mm -hmm. We. After doing that for a couple years, as desperation was picking up momentum, we were like, "Hey, let's tr let's. We would love to step into doing this full time." Um, and uh, we had so our first year, um, everybody that came was either family friends, they had done our part time, or the reason we even started it was we had this one girl from Texas who called and was like, "I'd love to come do the part time, but I can't afford to move out there on my own and have, you know like get my own apartment, and I can't you know I'm I'm 18." Can you have a full time? And that started the conversation between my brother and I, um, and so that was Amy. Uh, and so, uh, and so, uh, so we said, huh? Can we do something full time where we take the principles and the heart of what we're doing, but on a full time capacity? So, so literally, it was the six. We had six. Four of them had done our part time program. Okay. Amy came from Texas, and we had a guy from Idaho who was a family friend from when my dad was a pastor in Idaho. So it was just what what Amy said with start with who you got. It was just like. Who's here? Who's willing? And let's go. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah. Did you know you were going to marry her when you started the program? <laughs> I did not. Uh, no. Nope. In September, <laughs> this is more sorry. In September, um, my brother, who was my boss at the time, came over to me and said, "Hey." Look at that girl. And I said, David, I am the director of this program. That is not okay. Um, in I May, the, the year ended, right? So the year ended in May. And then we were like, uh, our conference is in July. Can, let's get these people to stay through July. But uh, um, about, I think, March. Missions. We, about March, we, uh, we went on a mission trip. And I just noticed myself noticing how often she was running away in Thailand with locals. <laughs> and I was worried about why she was running away with locals. And I was like, why am I so concerned about this one specific person? Uh, and so that's when I, so anyway. But no, I did not know until much, much later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and there was no scandal involved. I just want to make sure. I did not date a student. I just want to make sure everybody knows. It's really important to me that you know that. <laughs> I was I was not going to have it. It's true. <laughs> we waited so, a long time. So now you have students coming from all over the U.S. And what is your capacity? I'm just curious. So our capacity is, um, there's two things that dictate our capacity to me. One, how many can we really disciple uh, in our discipleship structure, and two, how many can we really house? Mm -hmm. uh, and so um, we've done for years where, well, we've had two primary things, but one of them was a home sponsor and where new lifers open up their home and, and students live with them. Um, and this year we uh, we transferred back into something that we haven't done for about seven or eight years, and that's that our students are living in apartments. Um, and that's uh, in order to enable us to grow uh, because there's, there's just so there's only so many people that will say yes please bring a 19 year old into my house to eat all my food um, and so uh, so so the housing is a big piece but then discipleship if we don't have the discipleship structure then um, then we won't grow beyond that fortunately we have a lot of uh, 
uh, alumni that are in town and our staff, and, and that's what's allowed us to keep our discipleship structure. So I don't have a hard number of like this is our this is our limit, um, but those are the two things that that I'll, because classes can be big. Uh, you know, the more students we have helping our student ministry, the better, you know, so those things can grow. But I want to make sure that we're discipling them well and housing them. So, so when you talk about your discipleship structure, like, do you guys have a manual? Or do you have something you guys kind of figured out as a great process? I mean, how is that? Um, so th- our leadership structure is that we have... Um, once a week, they meet in a discipleship group, uh, and so that's a, at about a two-hour meeting each week. It is led by an alumni um, or someone that's on our associate staff um, who co-leads with a second-year student. Um, and so there's about four first-year students, a second year, and, a, and an alumni. Um, and so the idea is uh, the style of leadership of show you how to do it, do it with you, let you do it on your own. And so that's really what we've done. So we have first-year students. They get to see modeled, you know, being discipled. Uh, then in a second year, they're partnered with an alumni or an associate staff. And then after their second year, we consider you an alumni. You know, we consider you, you know, that. And so, uh, so then that's who's leading. So their third, fourth kind of thing. So and they meet once a week. And we do have... Uh we have a whole leadership packet that we give to them, we train them, we talk with them, and, uh, and then um, we do where we have like, we broke down into four sections of discipleship, and there's like ten questions under each section uh, with Bible verses up, and so each week, they have to cover at least one of those questions. That's not all they have to do, but each week, we and so those questions have to do with everything from uh, Bible study to finances to, you know. Yeah, so the four categories for our discipleship groups are love God, love people, People live with excellence and becoming a godly man or woman. So basically, there's a, you know, each week they have a discussion that's within kind of one of those categories, which is, I mean, that's following Jesus. I mean, so, um, so yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Does that help? Yeah, it does. Okay. Yeah. I'm just curious. You may want to. You may want to answer me afterwards. Um, I'm just curious because I think it's your sister that's working in Kansas City. Yeah. Yeah. She speaks a lot in my daughter's life, so okay. I appreciate your family. Um, differences between your internship program and theirs, and I also noticed that they moved their missions program out here. Mm-hmm. Is New Life connected with that aspect? So the Act School is now at Every Home for Christ. Okay, let me give you. So. Uh, my brother, the founder of Desperation, just recently tra- uh, has transitioned to working at Every Home for Christ. Um, and so, uh, Act School is now under Brian Kim, is at Every Home as well. That's about a mile and a half down the road. Um, and uh, we are, on a weekly basis, we are partnering together for a... Uh, our, part of what I do here, is, or, or we do, is we lead our prayer service. We, we, we lead the prayer effort at New Life. And so we do a weekly prayer service, which is not quite a prayer meeting. It's worship, teaching, and prayer. Uh, and we're partnering with the Act School. So DLA and Act School both come to that. Uh, David is the primary communicator. I'll preach as well. Uh, Corey Asbury leads worship. So there's that's where there's some, some working together. It's not... 100% tied to the Act School. It's just a it's just a partnership that we're doing together. Um, as far as how we're different than IHOP, uh, IHOP has IHOP U specifically is a four year uh, unaccredited college where basically there's classes and prayer room. Um, and so with DLA, there's a lot more. Uh, 
I, I think I didn't do. Caleb Culver is on our staff. He's our associate director. He's doing the session with Corey right now. He went through IHOPU, and so he actually might be the, a great one to talk to about that. Uh, he's the six four skinny guy um, and on keys playing the, the space music. Um, so, uh, so, but it's mostly classes and prayer room, and we have. I think we have a little bit more hands on ministry, discipleship, uh, that kind of stuff. I can say our discipleship is smaller. Um, you know, our groups are, you know, three to four people. Their groups are like 12 people. Well, so, a lot of the same DNA. Absolutely. Which is, which is very good. I, I, I yeah. love the DNA. Yeah. Well, the DNA, uh, this is maybe, maybe, um, uh, whatever. Uh, the International House of Prayer has been, we've, we've had great relationship with them through the years. Uh, and the leader of that, Mike Bickle, has been a great family friend to mm-hmm. my family from since the early 90s um, and so his influence has it obviously you know is going to take root in a large way so uh, so there are a lot of similarities there how are the people that are coming are they hearing about it from other people that have been through the internship or is it more from like the worship industry that has yeah, I would say, and by the way, if you guys need to go, go, like you're not offending anybody yet. We'll stay here and talk until they start the next one, but if you need to go, feel free. A uh, few things. I think the Desperation Band, so the fact that Desperation Conference and Desperation Band, Desperation Leadership Academy, I think I think as Desperation Band goes to other churches, that's one way. Um, I think there's a lot of young people these days that are Googling School of Worship, mm-hmm. and I think that they'll find DLA on that. Uh, and then... Um, our desperation conference, where we've done just you know, I think just from having um, doing this for 14 years, we have a lot of relationship with churches that have come year after year, and so I mean, we got students coming to do DLA that have said, "I've been planning on doing DLA for seven years," and I'm like, "Oh my gosh," <laughs> you know. So I think those are really our primary uh, the places where where the word is kind of being and word spread. of mouth, yeah, and word of mouth. We have a lot of siblings, you know, so something like that. So yeah, good. Um, yeah, we'll hang out. We'll, we'll, we'll wrap up here. Uh, let me just pray for us. Uh, if you want to come flip through this, I'm sorry I only have one of each, but if you want to come flip through this handbook, feel free. Um, Amy and I'll hang out if you have more questions and want to talk to us about this stuff. Uh, one more thing, and this is going to be shameless, but I want to invite all of you. Uh, we do, every May, we do a Youth Leader Prayer Summit. Uh, we call it a Youth Leader Prayer Summit. It's really just a pastor prayer summit. It's free. It's in May. It's in Colorado. It's beautiful. It's a reason to get away. It's at the World Prayer Center. Uh, and so um, I want to make sure you guys all know you're invited to that. Uh, it's 100% free for you to come be a part of, other than you, you'll need to pay to get here and where you stay. But we don't cover that. But uh, and we, it's just a weekend to get away, pray, uh, have like-hearted uh, community with other youth pastors and senior pastors and leaders. And so, uh, feel I want to invite you to come. I want tell your tell your staff, all of you, you know. And so, uh, it's just an excuse to get away to the mountains. Uh, we'll have desperation band. Corey Asbury will lead worship. We'll have last year. I mean, Dick Eastman has come and shared with us a lot. Uh, John Bevere came last year as well. And so we just have. It's a lot of ministry connections and people that we are friends with that come share to leaders. Uh, so anyway, again, completely free to you. Just want to give that shameless plug. What dates? Oh, first weekend uh, in May. Yes, first weekend in May. <laughs> yeah, it's great for. I mean, bring you know, bring your if you start an internship, it's a free retreat <laughs> for your team and so. so. Yeah. Father, we love you. <laughs> Jesus, I pray for 
every person here, God. I, we pray for kingdom ideas. Yes, we pray Lord. for create, creativity from you. Mm-hmm. I pray as they start schools and programs and internships, God, I ask uh, that you will be the one that leads them and directs them. I mm-hmm. pray for those that are already going, God. I pray for clarity and vision from you. God, we ask that you would raise up young leaders uh, in this day that would t- that would advance your kingdom for, the, for decades to come. Mm-hmm. We love you, Jesus. Amen. Mm-hmm. Amen. Thanks for coming, everybody.